welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Happy Wednesday. I hope you all are doing well, staying sane, feeling good. I just want to thank all of you for your support. I've been receiving so many messages recently just of gratitude and appreciation for all of this information and I want you to know how much that means to me and how happy it makes me to know that this content is helping all of you. So keep sending the messages. I love reading them. I love hearing from you guys. And I just want to let you know before we get into this week's episode that you can become a member of The V-Hive by going to www.thevhive.com backslash memberships. The lowest membership level is only $2.99 a month. And what you receive is access to a bonus episode every month where you can send in your questions. You can ask me anything anonymously and I will create an episode answering all of your questions. So this is an exciting way to be able to communicate with you guys more personally, to give you guys more insight into what you want to know more of, more about. And by becoming a member of the VHive, you are also really, really helping to support this mission, this platform, to allow us to continue to grow and spread education and awareness on these important topics, all of the things that we talk about in regards to women's sexual health and healing. So not only are you receiving great content by becoming a member, but you're also helping us grow, which is so appreciated. Um, So check that out. And This episode is with an amazing sex, love, and relationship coach named Shelby Sells, and she agreed to do a giveaway where a listener of the VHive can receive a 30-minute coaching session with her for free. So all you have to do to enter is follow the VHive on Instagram and leave a comment on my most recent post about this episode with Shelby tagging one of your friends who you think would be interested in listening to this episode and follow Shelby Sells Love on Instagram. That's spelled S-H-E-L-B-Y-S-E-L-L-S-L-O-V-E. So follow the VHive, follow Shelby, and leave a comment on my most recent Instagram post tagging someone who you think would enjoy this episode. And this giveaway will be live for 48 hours. It will end Saturday, June 20th at 5 p.m. And the winner will receive a message on Instagram telling them that they won. So go enter and enjoy the episode. Today I am here with Shelby Sells, who is a love, sex, and life coach 
Thank you for being here virtually. You have a really interesting career and story and the work that you do is amazing. So I am excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Um, I'm blushing. <laughs> and we met before. I know. Um, at that other like little mini conference. So I'm just so excited that we can be together again. I know, me too. I, I, of course, I remember when my friend sent me the, the Eventbrite link to that event and I saw you were one of the panelists and I was like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I want to hear her speak. And then I went up to you and I was like, you gotta come on the podcast if you want. You were like, (laughs) definitely. So we we made it. We're here. Um, but awesome. first, I just want you to tell everyone what it really is that you do and how you got started in this field of work. Absolutely. Uh, so my story is a little bit of a strange one. This, it, it, I didn't know that this is what I was going to be doing, you know, when I guess I started this path. Um but I couldn't be more happy or grateful to be where I am now. I mean, honestly. Uh, so I, I used to live in L.A. I live in New York currently. I'm from Boulder, Colorado. And um, when I lived in L.A., I, I went to school for fashion. Um, and, you know, I started exploring the nightlife scene and going out a lot, meeting people, meeting a lot of people, um, realized how much I love people. Um, and after going out, you know, and kind of getting up into the scene a little bit, I guess you could call it that or whatever, um, and establishing a really good friend group, um, I kind of found, you know, I'm probably like 19, 20, mm-hmm. 21 at this point, like, and I'm 28 now, so... Um, I was going out a lot and one day, like one of my girlfriends was kind of like, dude, cause I, I would work at vintage shops usually for a while, save up money and then quit and just chill or like go travel. Mm-hmm. You know, I was pretty, I was pretty good about that. And she was my, one of my friends, you know, challenged me, um, in a healthy way where she was like, you, you need to get a hobby. <laughs> going out all the time you know and I was like hey there you know valid um even though I'm like okay queen like I'm going out with you every night and I drive you to all of your auditions she was an actress Uh but okay I'll get a hobby I'm hearing you you know so uh when I would go out I was always the friend who was asking people I'm like okay you know like who are you hooking up with? Who are you dating? What's going on? Does anyone like, do you have any fun stories? Kind of just like that gal. Mm-hmm. Um, people always have always trusted me to open up to me and tell them, you know, what's happening in their life. Um, I found that a lot of my friends were like, you're very safe for me. And that's something that I've always um, cherished, mm-hmm. you know, and not, and not taken for granted. So I started a blog um, called Pillow Talk, yeah, probably about eight years ago, where I would interview friends, lovers, colleagues of mine um, about their experiences with love, sex, and relationships. And so I would, I've done over, I think, like, if not, like, around 100 interviews at least, mm-hmm. I would say, over the years 
I feel like more honestly now, but, um, and that I would photograph all of my subjects. Um, and it, and it blew up, uh, at the time. So it kind of caught the eye of a lot of close friends of mine. And then a lot of my friends were kind of like blowing up at the time in their own careers, whether musically or in acting or, um, modeling. So, it just got more and more and more popular and I had like almost a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, I didn't even realize it, but we would be having these really honest, raw, beautiful conversations. Um, and so that kind of blossomed into, it blossomed into a photography career for me briefly. Um, I shot film and I love, taking portraits of people I've always loved taking photos of people and um and that was a blessing I mean I never in my life would I have thought that that would happen but I started shooting for different magazines around LA um and different clothing companies that was really cool um and so yeah it was just gaining a lot of popularity and traction and I was just so excited to have these voices who like would have thousands and thousands of followers um approach me and wanting to do an interview where I would hit them up either way. A lot of people were really supportive of the movement mm -hmm. at the time. And it I realized just how powerful it was um, because when you're getting people, I mean, I interviewed all kinds of people, but especially people with that much influence, you know, now they're called influencers and whatever, you know, but with that much influence, like really being vulnerable and sharing their experiences with love and sex and, and relationships it really made a lot of my followers and their followers and people who would, would come across the interviews feel seen and heard and not alone. And so I would get like these influx of messages that were just like, thank you so much for doing this work. Like I thought I, I was the only one who was going through stuff like this. And I can't believe it. Like my favorite artist is also going through that. And like, thank you so much just for creating this platform. Um, so that was like a huge honor for me. And That's then, really cool. Yeah. I actually didn't even know any of that about you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I kind of I just know where you are now, but I, I really didn't know how you got <laughs> to where you are now. So this is this is interesting for me to hear as well. I don't know any of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I just went on a whole like spiel about it. No, it's it, good. But, yeah, so I moved to Detroit for a little while. I moved there with a partner. Um, and then... Uh, about like seven months in, um, I moved to New York separately. Um, you know, the relationship didn't work. So I moved to New York and that's when I was kind of like, okay, I spiraled a little bit, you know, from the breakup and, then, <laughs> and just from like being in the city, I'd always wanted to live in New York. And I was, I think I was like 24 at the time. Um, I've been in New York for four years now. So I was 24 when I moved there. Um, kind of the same thing, started going out a lot, started meeting a lot of people. <laughs> That's, that was just my entrance into, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of cities that I, that I go to, I guess, currently. And luckily I've known a, a lot of people in New York from my work. I would go do journalism stories and stuff out there. So I'd always wanted to live out there. And then when I got out there and I kind of, you know, was able to chill and be like refocus and really be like, okay, what do I actually want to do? you know, with my life and my career, because this is kind of a fresh start. 
um, and not a lot of people get that. So it was important to me that I go back to school and really do this thing for real because a lot of people I've interviewed after we were done, they were like, this felt like a therapy session. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, I got more out of this conversation than I do a lot of my therapy conversations. And I was like, okay, wow. No, insane. And I was like, okay, you know, I have something really special here. And I think it would be silly of me to not pursue that further. So, um, I went back to school. I'm still in school, finishing my undergrad right now. I am almost done um, my undergrad in psychology, and then I'll probably get my master's um, so that I can be a certified therapist and psychologist. Um, But in the meantime, I also completed my um, coaching for transformation, holistic coaching uh, certificate. So I am a certified coach um, and I'm really interested in holistic healing. It was important for me to kind of be on both ends of that. I think it's nice to have a well-rounded mentality. So it's good for me to have um, the clinical side and coaching and therapy are vastly different. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be educated in both. Um, So yeah. And the holistic, you know, healing and coaching, transformational coaching has done wonders for me in my personal life, you know, and and relationship to my clients. Like mm-hmm. it's so as someone who's been to therapy, I don't know if you've done therapy or not. I, I mean have. I highly I highly recommend it. I think it can be very powerful and it was very helpful for me in terms of um you know, looking at my life getting over some of my own traumas or whatever, and then healing and moving forward, building that kind of resilience. Now, you know, I do some sex education. I just, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to do it all, you know, and I think the more, the more I learn knowledge is such a powerful tool for me, the more that I'm kind of just like regurgitating back to people. Mm -hmm. So I've realized it's been such a blessing being able to be a student and a teacher um, during these really awesome times. Yeah. And what's so interesting about what you do is that you have such a strong focus on love and sex and relationships and intimacy, which is, really why I wanted you to come on and speak about all of this. But I want you to give us like an idea of when you're working one-on-one with clients, like what are you coaching them through or helping them with? Like what do people come to you for? So that's a great question. And it's interesting because when I first started this journey through my blog and whatever, I was very sex centric at the time like I was very much in like a voice being like let's liberate sexual prowess you know like Mm -hmm. let's destigmatize sex um kind of when not a lot of people were talking about that and and the older I'm getting and the more work I'm doing I you see how interconnected um all of these subjects are you know and it was really important for me to focus on the relationship aspect, you know, in terms of, yeah, what is love? You know, I, I made a, maybe like a 15 minute mini documentary where I interviewed a bunch of kids and artists and, um, and different 
kinds of people in New York asking them like two questions, what is love and what is sex Mm -hmm. and kind of just surveying my peer group and being like, okay, what is it? Because that's, that's the thing that I love about my job is, is that there's not one, you know, (laughs) there's not one definition for everyone, you know, it's so individually tailored to who you are, what you want. And what your preferences are, you know, love to me could mean one thing and, and to you, it could mean something totally different and same with sex, you know, same with intimacy, um, and friendship. Everyone has their own definition. I think that that's really great. So, and it, uh, it, it is, sorry, I just want to, want to interject for one second. It's so yeah. interesting because like we've all been raised, this might be a generalization, but in my eyes, we've been raised to view sex and intimacy mm. one way, whether yeah. that's through movies or porn or just like yeah. the ideals, ideas and and what we see in society. But I think that, I mean, I'm seeing it and learning it, but and you, of course, are too. But as you, I guess, get older, you realize that that's really not what it looks like and what it means and is to everyone and I think it's hard for a lot of people to unlearn that and relearn what intimacy means to you yeah exactly Uh, you bring up a really valid point um, about cultural conditioning Mm -hmm. and just conditioning period you know whether that was the conditioning of your immediate family, the conditioning of the town you grew up in, you know, of society at large, you know, the influence exactly. of media and all these other things. Um, and so in my coaching, we kind of, we tackle that. Um, and, you know, my sessions are usually one-on-one, confidential, compassionate, judgment-free, you know, can be semi-educational conversations depending on what we're discussing and obviously if my clients are wanting to go there you know Mm -hmm. uh so we talk about you know it's my work is centered around empowering authentic relationships and holding space for my clients to explore their sexuality and their relationships with healthy attitudes so it's really um it's kind of an, an umbrella, but a lot of what I talk about with my clients has to deal with the, again, the intersection, the intersectionalities of all of these topics. So I have some clients that identify as women or vagina owning people. And they're like, I'm really having trouble orgasming with myself and with a partner, you know, can you help me? And so what I like to do with them is like, okay, let's look at what the block is, figure Mm -hmm. out what the block is, you know, let's spend some time in that stuck space. I don't think that there's anything, there's nothing wrong with a, with a struggle, with a block that someone is having, you know, it's about kind of like identifying what that is. Um, And I think that's the problem that a lot of women have or men is that they think, that if they have a struggle, something is wrong. Yeah. Like they're like they're broken or mm-hmm. their parts don't work. And my work is really centered around being like, no, we're gonna uplift you. Right. And you know, I, I you know, we're gonna 
really take a look at what gifts you do have and and so that you can see that you I mean a lot of the work is that you have the answers yourself I'm not hopping on calls and having sessions with my clients and being like all right Susie you need to do a b c d and that's it that's not my job at all in fact I don't (laughs) normally like giving advice you Mm -hmm. know because I think it takes away from the work and you know um so in situations like that, we focus on, we focus on the self and then at the end, I, if I ask my clients, you know, Hey, are you open to receiving some educational information and consent is like of the utmost importance to me, um, especially in my relationship with my clients. So just asking if they're open to it and if they are being like, okay, uh, so for me then X, Y, Z has really helped a lot of my clients, you know, orgasm, you know, or train their body in different ways. So, um, that's just one example. We also dissect like, it's a lot of communication stuff. Yeah. And, um, and interpersonal relationships. Yeah. What are some of the biggest struggles? So when you say like, okay, X, Y, Z would help or could help someone, or this is something that, you know, that someone should be more mindful of or aware or, or practice or whatever it is. But what are some of like the biggest obstacles that you see get in the way of people having a fulfilling sex life, whether it's orgasming or even just being able to feel pleasure in whatever form that may be? That's a great question. So in my experience, I would say part of it is that conditioning, you know, whatever conditioning that is in terms of like having um, negative attitudes towards sex, you know, um, and then when you kind of like start to peel back the layers and seeing what's underneath there, it could be, you know, a number of different things. But for example, like feeling like, not like they don't deserve pleasure mm-hmm. okay so feelings of un- unworthiness and um fear of of being vulnerable with a partner mm-hmm. you know um and and being vulnerable with themselves you know i mean sex is is really vulnerable um and and there's a lot of fear and anxiety associated with it that blocks you know people from being able to um, let go and, and and truly embrace the moment. Um, fear of being loved, you know. Again, it can be a number of different things. Fear of exploring their own bodies, you know, and and touching themselves, you know, and really learning what works best for them mm-hmm. because they were taught it was bad or wrong, you know. And so it's kind of just looking at looking at the bigger picture, okay, what, what is influencing me? Um, I, it's really important to me, uh, to do values. Like what are your values and needs, you know? Um, and what's important to you? I ask that question to my clients all the time. I'm like, what is important about this? What's important about you being afraid uh, of love? You know, what's important about that? Um, and really kind of diving deep and being like, Oh wow. Like once you kind of, look at those parts I think I think very generalized um I would say that people 
when when uncomfortable emotions come up, right? So if I'm feeling worthless, right? That's what's up the very deepest for me is like I'm feeling worthless. I don't deserve to be in a good relationship or I don't deserve pleasure, whatever that is. Usually when that's a very uncomfortable emotion mm-hmm. to yeah. have, right? And so I would say some people when when the when the fear or, you know, those look like feelings come up they just they don't deal with it they put Mm. it aside you know and they don't give it a chance to kind of come up and see why it's coming up right um so in in my sessions I really like to create a space where all of the you know jealousy that's a big one that you know Mm -hmm. comes up in my work as well you know and navigating um, ethical non-monogamous relationships and people being like, I want to try this, but I'm freaking out. I'm so jealous. And I'm like, okay, well, what, what's happening one layer below that jealousy, you know? And it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my partner or I'm insecure, you know, all of these different things that come up and being like, okay, what are we going to do with that? Let's let that part of you talk because it's coming up for a reason. It wants to say something. And usually what it has to say, you know, is actually, it can be very positive and powerful. You know, sometimes those, those parts of yourself are protectors, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm protecting my client from, you know, getting hurt. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, that fear of losing someone, you know, it's not, it doesn't, have to have negative intentions like actually it sounds like it's working for you you know but what's a new relationship that we can form with that and you know that it serves you in a more positive way Mm -hmm. you know totally I don't know if any of that makes sense no it it, no it completely (laughs) does and it's it's interesting that you say that and it's it relates so closely to what I've been talking more and more about in my more recent episodes which is a little bit more in relationship to chronic pain, but it really is about the mind-body connection and how so many of us push our negative feelings like aside. We're like, go away. Why are you here? I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to think about you. I want nothing to do with you. You're making me angry. And how that's like actually the worst thing you could do. Like the feelings and the thoughts and the sensations that you have are there for a reason. And if you actually want them to go away, you have to deal with them because they're there for a reason. And you have to, you know, think and, and do the work and acknowledge why that feeling is there. And that's what will allow you to be able to handle it and, and, and yeah. move forward. Um, so and no, it makes perfect sense. And I think that that's a really important point, but I haven't, I have so many questions for you, but in relationship okay. to what we're talking about now, are there, do you have like way general ways that that you help people work through these things? Like what are, you know, one or two kind of points or suggestions that you make to your clients when they have these barriers, whether it's in regards to their own self-esteem or sexual struggles, like what really helps people to figure out and, and then actively work on what they're dealing with 
Um, again, you know, everyone is so different, so it's really hard to generalize, but I, we do shadow work, a lot of shadow work and, um, a lot of work around boundaries. What shadow work? Shadow work is usually talking to those emotions that you don't want to deal with. Mm. So we call it the inner critic sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like that voice in your head that's like telling you insufferable things (laughs) that Mm -hmm. you're, you know, all the negative self-talk and really looking at that and dissecting it and forming a new relationship with it. Um, And then boundaries I feel like are really huge and communication skills you know so being able to set boundaries being able to ask for what you need I mean there's a lot I have a lot of clients who are afraid to ask for what they need Mm -hmm. you know um and it's like what what is the block there um because it's essential you know especially when you enter sexual spaces you know, you want to feel comfortable to be able to be like, hey, you know, it feels really good for me when you blank, you know, and being able to ask that confidently and also being able to pick a partner who, when you do ask for what you need, you know, it is going to fulfill those needs and be like, and is okay, receptive yes. to, to yeah. hearing it. Uh huh. Absolutely. You know, because again, I mean, one of the biggest things that I, I've learned um, doing this work is one how you said the the body and the mind and the soul are all so connected like they're so connected and even myself you know like my body your intuition is a very powerful thing and it'll tell you so like I get sick in my stomach sometimes in certain situations and I'm like something's up here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. something's wrong or I was in um, a a really unhealthy relationship and after a while my it it started to hurt for me when I had sex with the person and it wasn't um, for any other reason than my body was literally protecting itself Mm -hmm. it was the most insane thing like I was like why does my vagina hurt after I've had sex with you I've had sex with you a million times it's hurting now you That's know, so and I don't, yeah. it's, it's not an STD, it's, it's nothing, it's not, it's on STI, there's no complications. It was literally my vagina rejecting this person's energy. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know? it's so, no, it's so real and it's so, it's so true. And I think that a lot of people that listen to this podcast can resonate and can relate to that. And for yeah. me, that's how I got. And I don't, I don't think I've ever like shared my whole, cause we haven't really had that many conversations prior to this, but I, I've never shared my story with you. I tell bits and pieces of it throughout, you know, several episodes and when it comes up, but that's how I got into this work is because a few years ago I was in not a good relationship and I developed a condition called vulvodynia where I just had like vaginal burning and itching 24 seven and it it happened like a year and a half into the relationship. So I was like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) And, you know, I finally got, got a diagnosis and figured out what I had to do to get it to go away at the end of the day. And and now I'm better, but I realized how common this, this is and how many people have these issues. And honestly, it took me like 
years to realize that that was a defense mech and maybe there was you know i i was i had like yeast infections and utis and that could have triggered some stuff but at the end of the day that's a defense mechanism that's your body saying like this person's not good for you not good for you yeah Yeah. don't get away get away yeah Um, and i did not realize that at the time well stress you know stress is a killer period um and it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways right Mm -hmm. um and that I, I truly believe that that's one of the ways it can manifest, you know, stress and anxiety and like alerting. So that, in my work, we focus a lot on, you know, where is your body? And when we're having these uncomfortable discussions, I frequently check in with my clients and I'm like, okay, where are you feeling this? Yeah. Because it's important to be able to associate that, you know, in terms of being like, oh my gosh, when I'm, when I'm talking about how I'm afraid to ask for what I need, my throat is closing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, wow, wow, yeah, right? Like, it's how it is manifesting in, in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, what I was going to say before is like, you know, when it comes to picking a partner, and and this doesn't have to be only ro- in a romantic sense. This is even friendships or just, you know, any kind of relationship with people. Someone's response says everything about them you know so if you're in a sexual situation and you're like hey like I it feels really good for me when blank like would you be open to doing blank and the person reacts very negatively and they're like get defensive or weird or you know try to shame you for whatever your needs are um that person is you know obviously red flag Mm -hmm. and like deemed as someone maybe you don't hook up with you know like that response is an is a clear indicator that they aren't in a place right now to you know be giving you that pleasure maybe um and even in even in friendships you know if you're having a conversation with a friend and you're like hey this is coming up for me right now about our friendship and they're like I can't believe you said that. Da, 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 da. It's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you're not in a place to talk about this right now. And maybe we need some space, mm-hmm. you know, versus if someone's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know, that you're feeling this way. And what is something that I can do, you know, to bring back X, Y, Z to our relationship? Um, people's response usually indicate where they are in their own journey and what they're able to offer at that moment yeah you know and and you don't have to condemn anyone for not being in a good space you know all you have to do is be like okay you know what actually I think I'm just gonna go home you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. or and leave you know because at the end of the day that's their stuff you know um and if they if they're willing to work on it great if not you know okay we don't we don't have to take on that from anyone else yeah I I completely agree. And I think that another factor, which I was actually just talking about with a friend of mine yesterday, is like our inner confidence and Mm -hmm. trusting that if our partner or friend or whoever it is doesn't respond the way that we would like them to, instead of being like submissive and saying, like not saying anything, like having the confidence to go home or to, you know, 
tell them why that made you upset and like trusting yourself and your feelings and knowing, as you said before, that you're worthy of Mm -hmm. the, the connection that you crave and having that confidence. Mm. Yes. Like 1000%. And trust me when I say it's a much easier said than done. Oh, totally. (laughs) Totally. We're all working on it. Even in my own personal experiences, you know, um, and the only thing that has given me the courage and the confidence to really be able to speak about what I need um, is that it gets easier every time I do it. And, you know, what is great Mm -hmm. is like in relationships, you know, people don't know how to treat each other. They Mm -hmm. just don't. And you have to teach your partner how you want to be treated. And so that's what I work on with my clients a lot as well is being like, okay, I'm like, what do you need in this situation to feel supported and loved by your partner? You know, and one of my clients the other day, I asked her this question and she was like, I need words of affirmation, Mm -hmm. you know? And she's like, and my husband isn't usually prone to that. And I'm like, okay, well, one, it's fantastic that you're able to, that you even know what you need, you know, that's right. half of the struggles. Like, what do I want? What do I need? <laughs> Sometimes you don't know and it's okay to not know, but it's really powerful when you do know. And she was like, okay, well, I'd love to ask him. And I'm like, okay, so what's a way that we can ask for what we need in the situation, you know, and being able to be like, Hey, to your husband being like, you know what? It really gives me, um, strength to be my best self when you give me words of affirmation, like, Hey, Susie, again, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Hey Susie, like, I, I love you so much. You know, I love how hard you work, you know, or, you know, just whatever kind of compliments and, and being able to, you know, again, we're all teachers, we're all teaching each other and we're all students. We're all learning from each other. So it's about having that open mind, being receptive and being able to do that, you mm-hmm. know, um, I had another client who was in a fantastic relationship, but she was like, checking in is so important to me. <laughs> like, I want to check in throughout the day, yeah. you know, and I'm like, awesome. And so she was able to identify that and then, you know, talk to her partner and be like, Hey, you know, can you check in every so often throughout the day? Like having that communication really um, comforts me and helps know that like there's trust and support in our relationship, even if it's just a quick, like, Hey, how you doing? Okay. And now, I mean, they're in one of the most loving, beautiful relationships that I've ever witnessed, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's inspirational and it's like, okay. He was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what you needed. And now that you said that I'll do it. You know, and that's the thing, like being able to vocalize what you need is so important because people aren't mind readers, you know, and then people use protest behavior, you know, acting out, um, being passive aggressive, doing things like that to like try to teach people in a very roundabout way instead of being direct, being confident, being open um, and just asking for what they want point blank. Mm -hmm. And from my experience and this is just speaking from from myself but I feel like the biggest and but I I do feel that this is common um is the most anxiety comes from the fear of having the conversation but once you actually 
say how you yeah. feel, your partner will respond shockingly well, I would hope. Like, at least for me, even with my boyfriend now, we're in a great relationship, but it just reminded me because there have been times where I'm like, okay, words of affirmation. Like, I know he loves me, but it doesn't come naturally to him to say all of the affirmative things that I want. And he was like, oh, okay. But it was just the anxiety (laughs) leading up to it. And I I think that's what a lot of people like, you know, if you can use your strength to have the conversation, the response will be much better than than you think. Yeah. I would hope. Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the freaking head with the whole one. Like, personally and professionally, I relate. Like, uh, it's always, you know, it's like ripping off a band-aid. That's exactly. To my clients is I'm like, you know what? You're freaking out right now. Like what, what do you need in this moment to feel confident enough about having this conversation? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, because usually again, you know, kind of how I, I said before, but it's like the more you practice voicing your needs, Um, and communicating and having difficult conversations, the easier it becomes, Mm -hmm. you know, and usually, and like how you're saying a lot of the time people are very receptive. They're like, Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally. I didn't know that that was what was going on. Yeah, for sure. I got you. And you're like, Whoa. And sometimes, but you know, there are times that like, it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. And people can respond negatively, you know, really and and toxic unhealthy ways and but then you know I mean regardless what you're doing is you're getting clarity on a situation so like a lot of people who have come to me who are in off and on relationships or they're like I don't know we've been together for six months but like are we dating are we not and I'm like I don't know are you you know Mm -hmm. like it's up to you do you want to find out um because the thing about clarity is that you usually you there's action associated with it. So if I'm dating somebody and we're in a confusing gray area space and I'm like, I don't know, you know, what I'm afraid is if I ask my partner if we're together or not, that they're going to be like, we're not after I already invested six months in the relationship, you know? Um, And so then there's loss, a fear of loss Mm -hmm. associated with that. And it's like, oh, man, you know, but the thing is, is like, whether it's two months, six months, a year, five years, whatever, getting clarity, you know, can be very powerful um, because it lets you know where you are in the relationship. And even if it's not what you want to hear then you know, and you're like, okay, do I have enough self-worth to leave a situation that isn't, um, working for me? You know, really good point. Yeah. 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 And like getting it off your chest helps a lot, no matter what the response is, like Mm -hmm. knowing you're going to be able to deal with the response, but getting it off of your mind and, and just expressing to the person how you feel is also really therapeutic. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know what it is. It's a, it's a courageous act of self-love, mm-hmm. you know, is yeah. really being able to, you know, have your own back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like who's going to have your back if it's it, not you. Right. right. Yeah. No, that's so well like, said. That's it. And it's like, 
you standing up for yourself, you being able to voice what you need in a relationship, like that is you really practicing radical self-love and being like, Hey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is me. You know, I'm being vulnerable. I'm taking a risk here. And if it doesn't pay off, am I going to be bummed? Yes. But like, I'm going to feel good about myself because I'm standing up for me Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not letting anyone take advantage of that. Yeah. That's amazing. So I have so many questions that we'll, we'll see how many of them that we, we can get to, but, yeah. um, okay, here. So something I wanted to ask you that I know you will be able to give a good explanation on, and that a lot of people listening probably in some capacity can relate to is these old stories and traumas whether it's sexual stories or past traumas that we have stuck in our head and that we carry with us into future relationships, even if the relationship is beautiful and healthy and loving, we can't shed these old stories. So I want you to kind of explain, you know, how a a few things that people a few tools that people can use to help kind of turn the page on their their past that has not perhaps served them or you know every everything serves a purpose everything I believe everything happens for a reason your story all the experiences you've had makes you who you are makes your story your story but also when when we move forward we need to be able to be, you know, be able to start fresh and not have those traumas hinder a new relationship. And I think that that's something that's really hard for, for people to do. Yeah. So 100%, like how you're saying, not letting our past define us, you know, and define our future. Exactly. And, uh, I do, I work with a lot of clients, um, who have, who have been sexually assaulted. Um, so this is very common in my practice and it's tough. Like what, whatever trauma you're dealing with, just know that it's hard and like, it's hard to face it, you know, but you're powerful and you have the strength to survive um, and to not let it define you. Uh, So what I like to look at in my practice is just identifying it, again, identifying where it lives in the body, identify what triggers this trauma, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it? What what in your day-to-day triggers it? What in conversation triggers it? It's so important to understand what those triggers are because when you encounter them, I mean, you can shut down completely and understandably. So, you know, um, learning what those triggers are and then identifying a response to them, you know, and in this way you're learn, you're unlearning and you're relearning something in its place. Um, I, I do a lot of grounding techniques with people, you know, and so, when they are feeling triggered, okay, what can you do to ground yourself right now? 
you know, and step outside of yourself to be like, okay, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. I can breathe. I got this. Um, and then in terms of moving forward, because the thing, the thing about trauma is that it doesn't, you know, it's not like it just disappears. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I don't always think it's about it disappearing, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I came here to get rid of it, you know? And it's like, I'm not sure if it's going to go anywhere for you. And that's not a bad thing, you know, and there's no right or wrong in any of this. It's, it's about taking that trauma and forming a new relationship with it. So in my practice, it's like, what are some different perspectives we can have on this situation, you know, and really thinking outside of the box and being like, okay, what's another way that I can look at this? Because right now I'm tunnel visioning, (laughs) you know, and this is this period. Like I can only see this right now. And so being like, okay, let's center ourselves. You know, what's another perspective that we can have on this? What is the kind of relationship we want to have with our trauma? How can we make our trauma work for us? in a really healthy way, you know, where again, it's not defining us, but instead maybe it's a valuable lesson, you know, um, and moving forward in whatever that is, you know, again, Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't speak for every person, every experience. Um, but I do believe in healing, you know, and I believe in, in being able to, to free yourself from mm-hmm. these old narratives, you know, the shame or the guilt, um, whatever it is that you're carrying, being able to kind of free yourself from that and be like, okay, that happened, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. happened and that's not going anywhere. And in fact, I want to acknowledge it. It's important for me to acknowledge that that happened to me because I've been trying to pretend like it didn't, but it, but it fucking did, you know, part yeah. of my brunch. Mm-hmm. And and what am I get? How am I going to be different from this? And how can I use this experience, you know, to maybe even shed some light on it? I mean, it can be very powerful in a lot of different ways. And being like, okay, you know, what am I going to do with this mm-hmm. um, moving forward? Totally. So I hope that, I hope some of that helps. No, it, um, it it it's very helpful. And so I read a few articles that you wrote in the past few weeks and one of them was about the importance of solo sex and I think that I mean this is something I want to talk about with you but I think it's important in term for a few reasons and and I want you to explain why you think it's important but in relationship to trauma I think one of the things that happens to people is they disconnect from their bodies and from pleasure because of the fear that they experienced. And I know that that's one of the reasons why solo sex is important in helping you to relearn pleasure. Um, But also, you know, in regards to what we were talking about before, just knowing your needs and your wants and what feels good um, and how you can communicate that to your partner. So what is solo sex for people who don't know and why is it so important and how can it help us? Mm. So solo sex is masturbation. Mm -hmm. It's the sex that you have with yourself. Um, It's important for a number of different reasons and especially in related to trauma. 
it can be very healing um in terms of of reclaiming your sexuality you know um especially if you've been sexually assaulted uh i've had clients who were sexually assaulted and orgasmed during it and the guilt that they carry around with that and you know is it's just so sad you know Mm -hmm. um and really learning that our body is very biological and sometimes it just responds in that way, you know, but that doesn't mean that you, that you liked it or that you were asking for or anything like that. That is untrue. Brick those narratives. We're not doing that, you know, and being like, okay, this is what happened. And you know what? I want to reclaim my sexuality. It's important for me to establish this relationship for myself and even if you haven't experienced any you know traumas Mm -hmm. just even you know whatever it is the relationship with you have with yourself on any level emotional sexual mental physical is gonna it's gonna bleed into the relationships that you have with other people Mm -hmm. and so solo sex is great for a number of different reasons one you get to learn about how your body works and everyone's body works differently. So I think it's really fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm always really excited for people when we're talking about starting this journey of really exploring what it is. Um, Because I also have a lot of clients who are like, "Ugh, I can only come this one way, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the relationship that you have with solo sex, you know, with yourself. If you're only masturbating, in one way, you're kind of conditioning your body to only receive pleasure that way. That's so it really makes sense why it's hard for, yeah, it makes sense why it would be more difficult for you to come, you know, with a partner or in different positions, X, Y, Z, because your body is very dynamic, you know, and it's open to change. It's like working out in anything, right? Like mm-hmm. if I do this 30 day squat challenge, like my ass is going to look different, you know, right. <laughs> it just is. And if I keep doing it for six months, my butt's going to look way different, you know? Right. So if I'm, if I'm only masturbating in one way and that's the only way I'm able to drive pleasure, I'm like, oh crap, I've conditioned my body to this. But, you know, when you're like, okay, let's play, let's expand, let's adventure in our own bodies um, in terms of being like, okay, wow, holy, you you will be surprised at what your body is capable of and being like, holy smokes, I didn't even, I didn't even know that that was possible, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, also cool, like, I remember the first time I sported and I was like, this is insane, and I was so happy because it was one of my sexual goals, but, Mm -hmm. you know, really being open to that, you know, but it's work, you have to dedicate time, um, energy, uh, to, to this practice um and being like hey I really want to see what this is about and I will tell you that the more you invest in yourself the better your relationships are going to be you know Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a freaking fact so it's really great and especially for vagina owning people you know being like okay this vibrator works great I started using this dildo you know if that's what you like using your hands is fabulous different positions and moving your body in certain ways and being like okay wow because when you're like oh this really worked great for me by myself let me see how 
it works with a partner, mm-hmm. you know, and, and also during solo sex, establishing what sex is to you, you know, society tells us that it only prioritizes, you know, heteronormative penis and vagina sex and sex is so much more than that. Sex could be a number of things, you know, sex is is masturbating you know sex is sexting with the with somebody you know across the world you know sex could be a conversation it can be a number of different things oral a hand job whatever it is it can be a lot of different things and really opening up your mind to what sex is and all of the wonderful awesome ways that we can derive pleasure mm-hmm. with ourselves and with a partner and something that I read in in the article you wrote about solo sex, which was really cool, is that you trained yourself to have a G-spot orgasm. And yeah. I think the statistic is something like two-thirds of women or more, maybe like I think over 70% of women can only have an orgasm from... Clitoral. Right, clitoral. Exactly. Yeah. So how did you train yourself to do this? Um, <laughs> I practiced, I, I bought, well, I was, I, I practiced a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and so I had been using just a vibrator for quite some time and I was like, okay, let's mix it up. You because know? <laughs> I assume you were one of those people who was having sex for years and thought that you couldn't have a G spot orgasm. Well, or no. I I never thought that I couldn't. Like mm-hmm. I'd had G-spot orgasms with partners before, but it just wasn't consistent mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and I was always so jealous of my friends who were like, "Yeah, I get off every single time." I'm like, "What? What is your anatomy? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you get, like having that I'm not having?" You know. So for me, I realized that. It was a lot of different things, um, but I, I started really training my body kind of again, like I'm working out, right? And at first I'm like, uh, but after a while I was using my fingers again, different positions. I got, um, I got a rabbit toy, which is, you know, it's internal and external. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has an internal like dildo part and then externally, it has like a vibrator. So then my body was getting used to the sensation of having something inside of me um, while the external was stimulated as well. And, you know, little by little, right? So before, you know, it's like just external clitoral, then it's both, and then working my way to just having it be internal, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I realized the more that I practiced doing that, I could see how it translated when I had, when I was with my partner. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And, and that might not work for everybody. It, it might not. I offer it as a suggestion sometimes because I think that, you know, it's worth a shot. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I you mean, go. If it worked for me. I was just like, Oh wow. You know, again, being consistently 
surprised by what my body was capable of, where I was like, I wasn't even aware that my body could derive pleasure from doing this. So you have to be the pioneer of your own sexuality, truly. And I was just like, this is my time to play. I'm not going to look at this as a job or something. I'm not going to be upset about it because I know if I try on that perspective, then I'm not going to come. Period. Exactly. (laughs) It's not fun. So for me, I'm like, okay, like I... I'm dedicating this Friday night to me and me alone and like maybe I'll have some CBD. I love CBD and like and then, you know, kind of explore what my body is open to and really realizing for me that it's not always about orgasming. And I mean, no one loves to orgasm more than me, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of different ways to derive pleasure. And even if it's just exploring, that's a win in my book, you know? And I'm like, yeah. wow, you know what? When I did this different position, I didn't reach orgasm, but it did feel really, really good. So maybe if I keep trying it, it might work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing, being just being open to yeah. the possibility what's possible in this space and you know trying to help them with it I think there's so again there's so much pressure and anxiety surrounding sex you know and being like I have to come and like everyone has to come every single time and it's like you know what sometimes people just don't mm. and it doesn't take away the validity of you know you can still derive pleasure without achieving orgasm and if achieving an orgasm is important to you every single time cool there's nothing wrong with that too you know there's no right or wrong good or bad way you know it's just about being comfortable with the experience um feeling safe and feeling open and yeah and feeling good and and you made an an important point which is not being so focused on the act of orgasming on the end result and actually just enjoying because when you are so focused on orgasming and you're having sex or masturbating or whatever it is that you're doing I think it takes away from the enjoyment of the moment because you're not focusing on the moment (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly and I realized that that was such a big thing for me as I was like wow when I get in my head, I get out of my body. Right. And like, I will be on the precipice of orgasm. Like I like receiving so much pleasure. And then as soon as I get outside of my body and back into my head, I lose it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and so that was why, I mean, I saw in your questions before, mm-hmm. but like just leading into like exploring Tantra, you know, like that was something that I was offered this amazing opportunity to study with Charles Muir. Um, and I learned so much in that weekend, that beginner's weekend retreat that I went on, um, about how important breath work is and really how important it is to connect your body and your mind. That's exactly, that's what, what I needed to talk about with you next. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because for me, when I'm connecting with my partner or by myself and really, um, engaging in that body practice, you know, for me, it can be quite spiritual and Mm. I don't mean to like woo woo at all, you know, but like, 
when you are in tune with somebody else on such a deep, like an intrinsic level where you're like, holy crap, like it feels, I can feel the energy flowing between us in that space. I'm so open to receiving pleasure, you know, and I'm not thinking about what do I have to do tomorrow? Oh, I got to email blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like sometimes your mind just goes there, but when you're able to really stay present in your body there's so much more sensation there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so for anyone who wants to read the article that you wrote on your experience with tantra because it was such a good article so the article is called sexologist on her tantric journey and what i really wanted to discuss with you from this article is well, you discussed in this article that our brain is our biggest sex organ. And the reason I found that so interesting is because every single thing that we feel in our body comes from a signal that our brain sends. And the reason I found this specifically interesting like at this point in my life is because as I mentioned before, I'm doing a lot of like mind body work in terms of chronic pain and and I'm not really in pain anymore, but I still have a lot of fear from the pain. And so working on releasing the, the emotions, the repressed emotions and, and the, everything that my body has held onto. But what I've learned is that it all comes from our brain. And that doesn't mean that the pain or the sensation isn't physically real. It it 100% is. So I just want to make it clear. I'm not in any way saying that pain is in your head. But when I read what you wrote in terms of sex and that the way that we feel pleasure is very closely related to what's going on in our brain at that moment. Um, yeah. And so I just thought that was so interesting. And, and I, this is the last question that I have, so I won't, we won't go on forever here, but it really, it's just the mind body connection in relationship to sex mm-hmm. and whether it's solo sex or partnered sex, the importance of being in the moment and focusing on your breath. Like I, I always notice I'm forgetting to breathe and it's not that I'm like holding my breath but it's just that I'm not thinking about breathing yeah um relate (laughs) when I um they reached out to me to to um go spend a weekend with them and I it was always kind of it's not shocking to me that I ended up in the wellness Mm -hmm. you know uh industry I guess or whatever but um these are things that I always kind of were was interested in. And then I, I've been fortunate enough that like a lot of people just reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Would you like to come? You know? And I mean, it costs a lot of money to go to mm-hmm. these, <laughs> you know? And so not for nothing. I'm like, absolutely. Right. Like I'm being offered to go. Yeah. I, and also I'm very inquisitive. I've always been this way. Um, I'm, I was kind of like a child by error, teenager, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, like, let's try this. Did mm-hmm. it work? No. Did it work? Yes. You know, and, and I think that that's important because sexuality, um, changes mm. again, 
everything is dynamic. And what worked for me, I used to be really, really into BDSM stuff, you know, and I was like, yes, like pain is my pleasure, you know, and I have those tendencies still at times, but then I realized, holy crap, now I'm much more open to, I got like these, like maybe more spiritual experiences for me where I'm like, yeah, I want to do that weird tantric sex because Mm -hmm. I'm into it, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's fun. Um, and the breath work is so important because I did, I, exactly how you said, I was holding my breath. And when you hold your breath, what you're doing is you're not enabling oxygen to flow in your bloodstream. And that oxygen, um, is pulsating through your body, like pumping up your sex organs, Mm -hmm. um, to enable that pleasure. Right. So it's sending blood straight to my vagina so that I can so that it's sensitive enough that I can achieve orgasm but when I'm holding my breath I'm not allowing that oxygen to flow and so it's it's not um receiving you know yeah it's no it makes it it makes sense it's yeah you've got to breathe it's like the the fundamental (laughs) part of of life yeah, it's prevented me from achieving uh, orgasm in a you know a few times with partners. So I was like, damn it, I was right there. You know, mm-hmm. like the way that I describe it is like, oh okay, uh, I'm about to like have this huge wave topple over me, but then it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's right there building up, and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized just how important breath work is that's when I started practicing it in my solo sex right because I'm like you can't just go at least for me I was like I can't just go zero to a hundred right I don't (laughs) think anyone can (laughs) yeah I mean if you can't great yeah (laughs) like that's incredible but for me I was like okay so let me start and it started in my solo sex and like again I I would feel myself um oops sorry uh, kind of like tense up and then bada bing bada boom you know I'm like oh breathe 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 and then next thing you know I'm breathing I'm feeling things boom mm. I realized that I could achieve orgasm so quickly like literally all I had to do was like take a deep breath in and out <laughs> so like, crazy that's so crazy but so I cool it's very it's so cool it might be the coolest thing you know I so, agree <laughs> I am just so thankful for these opportunities. You know, I don't think I would have learned that um, mm-hmm. in my clinical practice, you know? And so I'm like, holy sheesh. Um, and it's very valuable. It's been, it's been very valuable. And I'm really hoping that I'll be able to get my certification in Tantra at, so I can hold workshops for people because it's, it can be so healing as well, especially I think for um, women and vagina owning people. Uh, it, it, it can be a very powerful experience. And my my one of my tantric teachers, she was discussing. You know, we're talking about this spiritual um, practice. You know, with your yoni, which is your vagina, um, and and doing that G-spot work. And she was like, don't be afraid if a lot of emotions come up for you. Like when you're practicing this with your partner, um, because the exercise was to have a partner um, 
solely give you pleasure, you know, and she's like, a lot of people are conditioned to giving, giving, giving and, and receiving can be very emotional, receiving without any intention of like, giving back can be very emotional. And then having this breakthrough, this orgasmic breakthrough, it can bring up a lot of emotion, it can be very, a lot of people cry, Mm. Uh, you know, it can be very powerful in that way and she just encouraged all of us she's like just lean into it mm-hmm. you know lean into it your partner you know your partner should know if this is something that you guys are doing together or whatever you know that this is something that could come up and they're okay with that and it's about opening yourself up um and yeah i, I mean sex can be very healing in an emotional way depending you know and, and sex is a powerful tool if you're uh, depending on how you use it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So just to close, this quote that I read in in your article about Tantra, I want to read because I think it hits the nail on the head in terms of a lot of what we've discussed. But, okay, so the quote is, the Tantra mindset supports having sex not to come, but purely to love each other. This allows for a higher capacity to feel love, pleasure, youthfulness, and creativity. And, you know, although we we just have been talking about having an orgasm and how to have a better orgasm and, and why that is important to some people, I think it also, and we were talking about this, before we were talking about that but it also is important to not have all of the emphasis on the act of orgasming and just to to be in the present moment when you are loving yourself or loving someone else um and i think that it's an important message for everyone to hear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the key word that i would love to elaborate on Mm -hmm. that you just said is being present Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of the times we're forward thinking, you know, that's anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the times we're thinking in the past, which also can cause a lot of anxiety and pain. And you would be surprised what is possible when you are in the present, you know, with your own body, with a partner, um, and the copious amount of love that you can receive and give in that space. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's amazing. It, it's it could be life changing, mm-hmm. you know, truly. And I mean, say whatever you want about me, but I think that love is powerful. It, it's an agent of change. And, um, and I really just hope like that, that we can continue to implement. I try to implement love in every aspect of my life. And, um, I've really seen how, it can change. It's changed me because mm-hmm. instead I'm always like love over fear, love over fear, yeah. you know, fear holds me back. Well, that's and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm like, okay, let me think of, about the situation. Am I acting out of fear or am I acting out of a place of love? And usually when I, when I can center myself in that loving space, I realize I'm much more calm at peace I'm able to see, you know, a lot, all the different perspectives and I, sh- I usually show up, um, in a, in a confident, compassionate way where before I, I mean, I was a very angry person, you know, there was like, 
an intrinsic like rage that existed in me, you know, and still does from time to time, you know, I'm very passionate, but I realized that like coming from this place of love, I'm like, Whoa, it's transformed my relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really given me a new sense of power. Um, of really loving power, you know, and, and being able to see the person that I was, the person that I am now, and the person that I want to be in the future, yeah. you know, they're all connected in that way. So we're um, very, we're very aligned here in terms of the love and fear, because as I, you know, I've mentioned several times now, this mind body work, but it's, um, there's this therapist named Nicole Sachs, who I had on my podcast, maybe a year ago, but I she she does a lot of work in well all of her work actually is about it's it's called her she has a program called the cure for chronic pain and it's all about mind body work and healing chronic pain and releasing your repressed emotions and just rewiring your brain and your nervous system and the basis of her work is is built off of love versus fear and how everything and she says it like so much and I, you know, she has her own podcast and I'm a really big fan of hers. But all the time she's saying every single thing that we do is literally a decision that we make either out of love or out of fear. And yeah. it's just it's interesting that you just said that because I didn't even, you know, I associated that in terms of chronic pain. But it is so true, which you just brought up that that the love or fear is just as prevalent in terms of sex, love, relationships, intimacy. Like if we're having sex and we're fearful that we're not going to come or that it's taking too long or that we're not yeah. worthy of, of being loved, like all of these fearful thoughts, if we can have loving thoughts towards ourselves, our sexual experiences will be so much better better so it's so interesting yeah. just to have the love and fear component brought into our conversation yeah I mean I think it's important and I I use that as a grounding technique for my myself uh, you know um mm -hmm. exactly how um the other person you were talking about was saying you know mm -hmm. I'm like okay how am I acting right now right it's really easy to act out of fear especially when it's that's easier it's all you've known, mm -hmm. you know, and being like, okay, fearful Shelby <laughs> wants right. to do this and loving Shelby wants to do this, you know, and like, wow, what action can I take that's going to make me feel the best, you know, because yeah, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's changed my decision, my decision making skills immensely. And you're absolutely right when it comes to every single conversation, you know, when you're afraid to ask for what you need in bed or you're afraid to have a conversation with your partner. Um, I talk with my clients all the time about, you know, getting to the bottom of these things and, and looking at that fear again, letting it be known. Um, and then it's so funny because a lot of the time they're like, Oh my gosh, it's so simple, you know? Yeah. And it's just learning new language around it. You know, if they're like, Oh, like I'm having an experience where our sexual, needs are different like they want to have more sex than I do mm -hmm. and I'm like okay so what you know what are you afraid of and like what do you what do you want your partner to know and being able to be like hey I love you so much and like if I'm not in the mood is there 
is there another way that we can work together, you know, that we can have sex, you know, maybe that doesn't mean me having sex with you, but it could mean, you know, us doing mutual masturbation, or I can, you know, give you oral if I'm comfortable with that X, Y, Z. But the thing that I want you to know is that I love you. And I and your pleasure is important to me. And then my clients are like, that is the easiest thing. I don't know why I never thought of just saying that to my partner. You right. know? It's really quite simple. But our conditioning and and whatever else is going on complicates things the fear complicates things and the love simplifies it you Mm. know so thank you so much Shelby this was amazing selfishly so interesting but I think (laughs) it will be so interesting for everyone else and if you just had to give one piece of advice or, or one thing to say to everyone listening what would it be it would be to like love yourself really look at the relationship with yourself because your relationship with yourself is going to affect everything else so start with you yeah yeah no it it is so true yeah and wherever you are in your journey that is okay again I think that it's so important to just be gentle with yourself especially during these times that we're in right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic none of us have ever been here before and we don't always know all the answers and also you know with the protesting that's going on our country's in the middle of of a huge unlearning um and reckoning and it's so important right now so educate yourself learn these things that are important and take care of yourself whatever that looks like for you for me self-love looks like a hot bath and a glass of wine mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like it, it might look different to other people and that's okay yeah. you know wherever you are that's fine and just even acknowledging that you're on this journey um is huge. So yeah, be gentle with yourself. You're amazing. I am so glad that we were able to do this today. Thank you for taking all of this time to share your knowledge with everyone because it is wonderful and I know will be very, very useful. And I honestly think that it's these conversations like specifically about love and intimacy and our relationship with ourself and unlearning old thought patterns and relearning new ones like I think this is what people really want to hear so I'm just I'm thankful that we were able to to talk about this today awesome thank you so much for having me on and (laughs) thank you and last but not least are there any resources that you have to recommend such as books or movies or podcasts or people and where can everyone contact you as well Yeah, so two, three really awesome books I would recommend. The Body Keeps the Score, um, Come As You Are, and uh, Attached. Mm -hmm. I'm always ranting and raving about the book Attached. Um, That really, that is about adult attachment styles and relationships, but they can be applied to any kind of relationship. But that was really a big one for me in terms of, um, relating to people. Um, Come As You Are is a fantastic book that really takes a look at sex and is a wealth of information and forming different relationships with sex. And then The Body Keeps the Score is That great. book's in- so interesting. I've read it. 
Yeah, um, it's great in learning how your body processes trauma. So those are all, I would highly recommend reading those. Um, in terms of podcasts. Uh, you have one. I, I have one. Plug yeah, your own, so, please. <laughs> yes. It's called Emotional Check-In. I, I run it with one of my best, best, best girlfriends. Her name is Bree Harrison. Um, it's really fun. You know, it's super honest uh it's definitely not always coach shelby you know but um it's very vulnerable with me and her we talk we have guests on all the time we talk about love sex and relationships we talk about race we talk about class you know everything that makes up who we are um and that affects our relationships that we have so and we and we take calls and we give advice to people so that's really fun you know sometimes it's really funny sometimes it's really serious but it seems to be pretty beneficial to our listeners so you know highly recommend listening to it if I can plug myself and then you can find me on um online on instagram at shelby sells love um, my real n- last name is Sells, so it just kind of worked out perfectly. And then on Twitter, also at Shelby Sells Love. Amazing. Um, yeah. Thank yeah. you again. This was so, so, so interesting, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. And Woo. hopefully, we can do another podcast and just keep in touch. And I'm excited to listen to more of your podcast. And <laughs> thanks so much again for having me on. Of um, course. Enjoy this weekend you too talk to you soon this podcast is for education purposes only it does not constitute the practice of medicine nursing or other healthcare professional services including the giving of medical advice during the episodes no doctor patient relationship is formed The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.